It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Welcome back to Generation Skywalker, and I've got a, a, a treat of a round table with me tonight. I've got Jez from the show, as always. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. And I've got three fantastic guests. I'm just excited to have you all on. First of all, we've got uh, Martin Keeler. You might well know him from Fan for Tracks, and if you come to Farthest From, you'll often find him in the kitchen. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening. Good evening, gents. How are we? Yeah, very well indeed. Got over Christmas and all ready for 2023. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. We've also got with us a um, he's a producer, writer, and director, Jed Shepherd. Good evening, hello, Jed. Hello, hello, everyone. Good, good to be here. Uh, Martin, do you know it is already twenty twenty three? Because you said you're looking yeah. forward to it, but we're currently in it. Yeah, we're eighteen days into it. I'm just in denial. <laughs> I'm, I think I am as well because because like I haven't done anything for the last eighteen days. Bring that energy, like get going forward. Yeah, I I want to ha- I want to be able to have an entire year where I do nothing. So that's what I'm building up to. Everything I'm doing is building up to a year where I can do nothing but but sit I, on my uh, backside. I've I've never seen you have a week doing nothing, Jed. No, I, I just there's too many people coming yeah. for me. I've got to, got to be on my toes. <laughs> now, now, Jed, you're a you're a horror fan. Your your movies that you are involved in are all horror based, aren't they? Yeah, fair horror to say. or so, horrible. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get on to you in a minute um, after okay. I've introduced the last person, but I'm interested to know where the Star Wars kind of a big fan. I'll let you have a little okay. think where the influence comes across your things. But we're also okay. joined by, um, you'd probably know him from the rock band Ash. Um, we're delighted to welcome Mark Hamilton. Good evening, Mark. Hiya. Good to be here. Now, Mark, I was a huge Ash fan in the in the 90s when I was a, a teenager and came to see you many times, actually. All so right. Awesome. It's a real, a real honour to have you on, but... There's one thing I want to clear up. 1977, the album uh-huh. title, okay? When I talk to Star Wars fans, they're like, oh, yeah, 1977. It was named after the year Star Wars came out. And then I also read things 
oh no, it's the year of birth of yourself and Tim, who was also yeah. in, the, um, in the band. What is it? Was it the year of Star Wars or was this named after the year of births? Let's put it a bit. It, it was kind of a trifecta. It was both. It was kind of like, it came down to the wire where the record company were like, well, you need to give us a name for this album or it's being delayed like by a month or so. And it was like, we hadn't got, we had a couple of names, nothing was sticking. And it was like, okay, give us a name. You need to give us a name by tomorrow or the album's getting pushed back. And we, we couldn't come up with anything. And then we just thought, well, 1977, it's like our, the year of two of our birth. It also kind of tied in with Star Wars being released. And then also with, I guess, 1977 seems to be like the year that kind of punk took off. Yeah. So it kind of just felt like it covered a lot of bases. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not a myth. It's not made up by Star Wars fans. It's, a, it's great. And it, it makes sense because the very first sound on that album is a TIE fighter, isn't it? It's flying in. It's a, quite a distinct sound for a... Yeah, we did that. We did that without asking any permission and just hope that we'd not get in trouble. (laughs) Well, I can also remember buying um, Girl from Mars when it came out in single because the B side is the Cantina music, which is very fitting considering we're going to be chatting about the Cantina too tonight. (laughs) Did you you have to go down any routes to be able to use that music? Not really. I mean, you you will have to pay like publishing points will go to John Williams, but anyone, I guess anyone can record any song they want. It's just that whenever you release it, then you got to put like will be a royalty paid to someone. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, we actually were in the studio doing sort of like some overdubs and mixing the, the single Girl from Mars with a producer called Phil Fernale. And he didn't like what we were trying to do with the canteen. He just thought it was too crazy, off the wall, kind of like weird. And he basically quit and walked out of the studio. And that's when we called Owen Morris, who was the Oasis producer to come in and uh, he took over. Yeah, brilliant stories. <laughs> did you, um, did you offer to pay John Williams in cash and drop it round? <laughs> oh what the royalties yeah i don't, I, don't, I mean that's the accounting department i don't know <laughs> yeah it's actually easier than you think to like release a um a, a, a cover song because like when i had a record label this this little band wants to do a, a madonna cover and i was like no they can't do a madonna cover like that's gonna cost me a fortune then it, it, was, it was like 60 quid or something it was it was like absolutely nothing to, that you pay for the license and then obviously you've got to pay royalties and stuff but but yeah <laughs> and by the way that is Ash's version of the can- Cantina song, that's the best cover I've heard of it. Because there's so many bands you see on YouTube that have done a million different versions. But like the version, I don't know if you recorded it all in one room, like Raw Mark, but it sounds like it's a real Cantina band rather than, you know, just yeah, doing there is, there is mistakes in it, but we kind of like, so it Good. was like, it was a live take. Nice. And then, and then, but it wasn't completely tight so we ended up just like throwing loads of overdubs and sound effects on top of it to sort of like try to like cover over the mistake so i mean anyone who's like competent musician will go oh oh there we go (laughs) it's like a real cantina band though that's that's the vibe so yeah it works really it's gonna be on the uh playlist for cantina too isn't it oh i'm sure oh yeah we did it we did the best yeah worth the entry fee on its own for anyone that hasn't uh snapped their (laughs) tickets up yet so jed with regards to Star Wars, you just said you, you, your interest is in horror, but you're a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. Yeah, because you're here. <laughs> um, does it have an influence when you with your horror films? What what can you take from yeah. Star Wars? That well, I think like you know when you're when you're a kid, um, you're very you're like a sponge and you soak up loads of different things, and that influences how you move forward as an adult. And as a kid, if you're seeing this fantastical adventure in space, your your mind is an overdrive. You your imagination just goes. Sorry. And the first time seeing Star Wars, actually the first time I had any exposure to Star Wars was in school, 
you know those days where they let you bring in toys and stuff like a whole bunch of other kids were, were, were brought in like jedi toys and i was just like what is this like i haven't been ex- really exposed to this and uh yeah and then you just go down a rabbit hole and it just stays with you forever and with horror i think that is the most um imaginative risk-taking genre there is and obviously george lucas took lots of risks making star wars because like a western set in space it's nuts so yeah i think there's a lot of crossover and like horror fans are basically they they love sci-fi too they're all all of us are are geeks so you know it's uh fantastical things that aren't real in real life um that's what i like seeing on the screen that's what i like making so yeah, and so ultimately, I, I want to make a star. I want to make a Star Wars film or Star Wars TV show one day, and I, and I will. In the next five years, just watch Mama Rose. Chad, you're saying it's not real. You're saying host is not a documentary. Host yeah. it is a documentary. Yeah, we just press record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I think there's a big crossover between horror fans and Star Wars fans for sure. Like, um, just entertaining so magical stuff. So, Stuart and Jez, you know what? a risk you're taking being on a zoom with jed don't you if you've seen host you'll know they don't end well (laughs) (laughs) let's not end well (laughs) okay then jed so that leads me into a a question then right okay so your phone rings it's kathleen kennedy she goes you you got you got one minute here to give me a spill for a tv show and i'll you can either be involved in star wars or never go Oh, so I would generally do a uh, a cantina band tour TV series where every episode they go to a different bar and you just see all the scrapes they get into, trying to get the money off the promoters, um, being chased by gangsters, um, and just the the life of a band on tour, but but done uh, from their point of view. And also, you will never ever hear what they actually. There'll be no subtitles. It's just it'll just be in their language, and you don't understand it. Um, that's 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 why I wanted. I'd love to do that because you know, like following a band on tour is cool anyway. It's interesting anyway. But just seeing the band have fights about you know publishing and who's the songwriter and uh, you know stuff like that, having a shit on the bus. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear, but you know <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but. No number twos on the spacecraft. Um, yeah. yeah, just stuff like that. I think it'd be quite interesting. Um. <laughs> so so you just had the great experience that we have all the time. I bet you thought, Jed, I have to think about that for a second. <laughs> I didn't hesitate, did I? No, <laughs> the, you like just it. played right into his hands. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, because mine will know this. Like, um, me and Martin were on a, coincidentally, on a call with a pretty big director a few weeks ago, yeah. and who is one of the biggest star wars fans there is he has one of the best star wars collections uh there is basically his entire house is filled with star wars stuff won't say his name probably but um he i don't he should be doing a star wars tv show or a film no one knows star wars better than him and he's a big director so uh uh it's 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 only a matter of time before that happens and um then hopefully he lets he he gets me in as well (laughs) be great so yourself and Mark, you you do work kind of alongside each other in certain aspects because isn't there some sort of something to do with videos that you create for Ash? I mean, one came up when I was doing a a little bit of digging, slashed, which uh, had a hell of oh, a yeah. cast in it for one thing. Can you tell us about that? For a... we haven't spoke to play, spoke about slash for a long time. Um, 
I'll do it. I'll, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll, I'll just say what I, what I think happened. So this was like 2000, early 2000s. Um, Mark and Ash had been uh, putting videos on the end of their like uh, releases, their, their their singles. And they were like little five minute videos of like crazy stuff that happened on tour. And then um, he asked me to write like a little sketch or something. It was originally, going to, I think, going to be about five minutes. And it ended up being about 15 minutes. And then... Um, more then mark was on tour Asher on tour with a load of like millions of different bands and then we just decided like quite organically i think just to make it into like a film and so mark got got his video camera and started filming stuff uh and it was very like organic and uh um like fun and mark would just call me from wherever he is in the world go okay Jed, i'm here with uh coldplay can you write something about uh this like cool and he would be like, okay, I'm here with, uh, we're all going on tour with Moby in, in three days, right, Moby in. Uh, that, that's basically what it was. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's some crazy stuff. There's some crazy stuff in it. It just spiraled out of control. It kind of like, yeah, it started <laughs> off in like the little short thing and then just got stupider and stupider. And it never got finished, which is unfortunate. But we did screen, we kind of like did a bit of a public screening of what was made at like a, mm-hmm. it was like 10 years ago now, whenever we did like a, for the like day event, last 20 yeah. gig, yeah. Which, um, people, which people enjoyed with a Q&A session and played all the clips of it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And all the, just all the Coldplay stuff, as Sherbert Bones and Datsun Ford, uh, who are supernatural FBI uh, hunters. And uh, Chris Martin gets stuff. hacked to pieces, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets hacked to pieces. Good. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, it's it's nuts, and like sometimes I forget about that. But like it, it's 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 nuts. And I remember like because I was I was in I think I was at the tail end of uni, and I remember like reading Enemy, and like w- at Christmas there were two Christmas in in the big Enemy quiz at the end of the year where one of the answers was Slashed, and one of the answers was who was the writer of Slashed. So I, I <laughs> so so I I got into the to the Enemy end of year quiz, which was which was really cool. It's bizarre. <laughs> That's my first taste of fame. <laughs> Brilliant. And is it you you can see the see some of the footage, can't you, on binary? Yeah. There's two yeah, versions of binary video, isn't there? Yeah, there's two versions. So if you if you search Ash Binary slashed mm. on on YouTube, you can find it. You can find like it's a taster of what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely nuts. With Chris Martin <laughs> telling a really rude joke. That's oh yeah. Was... <laughs> and, well, the punch punchline is lemon entry. Lemon entry. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking, Bones? Actually, Ford, my uh, my mind had wandered. I was just thinking about rubbing some form of citrus-based curd into the buttocks of a young maid. Lemon entry, my dear Ford. Lemon entry. That's so funny. My favourite bit in, in, in the All of Slashed is... Um, it, this was, like, not too long after, I think... Um, uh, Winona Ryder got arrested for shoplifting. Um, and Moby... Moby had been going out with her at the time, I think, and then we have a line in there about about that where, um, yeah, we talk about Winona Ryder stealing his heart, and <laughs> and at the time it was it was so good and so current. I was just like, oh, that's going to be great when people see this, but like, no, no one's seen it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you know, I, I always think one day there'll be a documentary made about Slashed with all the people involved in it as talking heads just going, yeah, I, I don't know, Mark asked us, we just did it. We have absolutely no idea what it is. And we play in their <laughs> clip. And just, yeah, I think it's <laughs> And I get asked about it all the time, weirdly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm still chuckling to myself with Lemon Entry. <laughs> I, I can picture it. I can picture his sort of deadpan way of saying it like in extras when he comes on and mm. he, he does a cameo in extras which is just oh, brilliant but mark it was it was it was like extras because i remember <laughs> i went over to la to when you guys were supporting or you were on tour with coldplay and i remember meeting chris uh backstage at i think it was a greek in la and um it was like a like an episode of extras because it was just like i was brought over to him and he was sitting at this table and covered in models like he was surrounded <laughs> by models don't remember and me and mark had just been drinking this this cocktail called mark of the devil that mark used to make and so i w- i was steaming it. so i went up to, to and like the models parted like the red sea and there's chris and he was like judge judge sit down for a second <laughs> down. and he was like okay I, i've been i've been thinking about this. this this is kind this is what i want sherbet bones to feel like and then he st- he started just like just telling me like about this character of sherbet bones and like and it was really cool i wish i wasn't so drunk because we would have been good so i was like yeah i've got i've got all that i've got all that and i just 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 wrote whatever i thought um but it, it was it was hilarious he got totally into it as well he was whenever we were doing his parts he loved it i mean he really he was in character he was great, yeah. He was a great actor, actually. I mean, because our, I mean, all the Ash acting is absolutely appalling. I love so it though. It, it's like <laughs> Scooby Doo. It's like Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's total, total Scooby Doo. <laughs> six, six, six is what I remember. Oh yeah, from the- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And Dave Grohl's in it as well, which is Dave which is Grohl's cool. in it, yeah. Casually, yeah. Dave Grohl's in it. It's a hell of a cast. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, it's not more mainstream. Well, we, Mark, remember you tried to get David Bowie, you almost got, you all, because I remember I wrote a whole thing, you were like, I think we've got Snoop, so I wrote this whole scene with <laughs> yeah, Snoop, yeah. and then in the end it was, uh, you got um, someone else to play his part, but. Um, I think, yeah, we were going to have Snoop, and then, because it was like, there was like mutual um, agent involved, and then, um, and then it got to the point where he was like looking for money, and I was like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that brings me on slightly. I think like Death Row Records and stuff. And, and when I was looking at Ash, I'm sure at one stage I saw Death Star record label. Is that yeah. incorrect? Because I was trying to dig into. No, that. that's true. So, like, um, after 1977 was finished and it had blown, you know, it done really well. Was platinum and number one in the UK and it sold really well around Europe and stuff. Um, there was gonna be usually there's a couple of years gap between albums so we hadn't even written the next album and, and the record company were like well we want to sort of like strike while iron's iron's hot and get something else out before before the next studio album so we actually had been in australia and done like a, a radio section live thing and so that 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 was recorded and then released on a as an album like a live album on death star which was an like a small little imprint of that of that record company they just wanted to come up with a name so that it wasn't it didn't feel like the, the next big release, but something more, you know. It was live on the yeah. wireless. Yeah, that was live at the wireless, yeah. Love it though. Just all these little stalls, things. As you said, the the TIE Fighter intro. I mean the very first post which you had on Instagram, right? So the Ash 
Instagram, 2014. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was Tim dressed as a figure, his own carded figure in, uh, so it was, yeah, Tim Wheeler, Star Wars, Kenner, carded figure. I mean, for your, for your opening gambit on Instagram, I'm like, those guys mean business. I think my personal Instagram is like, it's me at Skywalker Ranch with like, like, um, what's the word? Stormtrip, like, right in front of the ranch. It was actually the Revenge of Sith, um, we did like a media screening before it was the week, week or so before it was released. Nice. No, so yeah, so that's, I'm following your personal one and, and, and the Ash one as well. So yeah, the Ash one is being full of it. I mean, you, you're a lover of Star Wars t-shirts, Mark. That's quite clear for everyone to see. We, we all love a Star Wars t-shirt. Um, but what else am I seeing? Did you guys invent porgs? Did we invent them? Yeah, I reckon. See. I reckon there might be something in this for you financially, right? <laughs> because we're, I'm going to have to share my screen with you. I just I'm going to zoom my mobile in to, yeah. to show you. But I was doing a little bit of Instagram stalking. And um, yeah, 100%. Let me just talk amongst yourselves. Um, <laughs> I did find a post which came out. When was this? I wrote it down. 4th of May, 2014. All right. So Ooh. before before like- we had... All this stuff, I, um, the Ash Instagram account showed a picture. And when I zoomed in on it, I'm like, do you know what? They look like porgs. And and there could be something in it for you. You know, I'll take a finder's fee. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't mind. I don't mind that. Is that possible? Right. Uh, here we go. Right. Oh, yeah. Not that one. Yeah. Don't show us that picture. Blimey. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> there is. Right. So, uh, so this one here. Don't know if you can quite see oh. that. So a lovely little picture there, right? Twenty fourth of May, twenty fourteen. When I zoom in, wow. oh, I know what that is. Oh, that's, an, yeah. that's from Adventure Time. That's Gunther as <laughs> a little penguin. Ash Adventure Time. Hashtag Ash Adventure. <laughs> These little pogs all over it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, it looks so, a little bit like that. So I think maybe Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm are secretly following the Ash Instagram yeah. account and have just taken inspiration that way. You know, where there's blame, there's a claim. Go for it. Yep. <laughs> the trail's complete. You're right. You're... Well, if we if we go after them, then they'll go after us and say, oh, yeah, what's that sample at the front of your album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to ask you about that. Like, growing up myself, having different musical influences, whenever there was, like, a little Star Wars nugget going into a bit of music, I was like, oh, I like that, before I'd even heard it properly. So you just think about Together with Hardcore Uproar, they had, which was like a real 90s sort of clubbing raving thing. They had sampled in Obi-Wan Kenobi saying more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And they had a lightsaber extinction.
Prodigy, full throttle. So the Prodigy full throttle song sampled Luke saying, we're going in, we're going in full throttle. And then they had to remove that. So on the original One Love EP, it's in there. And if you listen to it on the music of the Jilted Generation, it's all reversed and, and garbled up. Why have they done that? If it, it, Would they be told, right, you've got to get rid of that? They probably didn't ask permission and then realised that publisher could actually take 100% of the publishing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that famously happened with the Verve when they did the... Mm-hmm. the um, sweet sympathy. Sympathy. sympathy with yeah. the Rolling Stones. Because they hadn't asked permission and worked out a deal, the Rolling Stones were just getting all of it. So... Is it, yeah. They, they probably, did the same to Carter. Yeah, Ooh. so they probably then scrambled and just did a quick remix by Megan Hidden, you know? Yeah. It's a longer sample as well, like, and it's someone speaking, so, like, it's more identifiable, I guess. Though, you know, a TIE fight is very identifiable to the right ears. Um, yeah, but I think clearly... the difference, yeah, the difference was, like, it would have been pretty bad look on Lucasfilm at the time if they had tried to, like, um, I mean, it was they were completely within their rights to do it, but I mean, we were just like fanboys who were like sort of like talking them up and saying how great they yeah. were. And it wasn't as if it was a music. It wasn't as if it was, yeah. you know, it wasn't an integral part of the song. It was just like a little nod. They did the right thing and they ended up saying, work with us. Yeah, yeah. So we ended <laughs> up, yeah, exactly. So we ended up playing on set, the Phantom Menace rap party, stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. And then doing, Hang on a doing, second. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Talking about that. Um, so, well, actually around that, around this is around 90, 96. We had 95, 96, we had a, a camera crew follow us for about a year and a half on tour. Things were like, that was like kind of like the peak of like that album being, you know, blowing up around the world. And so they did a, a tour documentary and then it took us a couple, it cost us a lot. Basically all of the profits from that album went into making this mo- tour movie, which we funded ourselves and then we never released it. And then it was a bit similar to the Slash scenario. So we wasted all that money. And then in the process, we um, hired um, Ewan McGregor, because he was like hot with Trainspotting at the time to do like the voiceover and narrate it. So he's in the film well, as the vo- as the narrator. And then we were in Soho having a drink with him on the day that he was doing the voiceover. He had just finished it, and we were in the pub somewhere. And he just goes, "Oh, and we because we knew we were we knew that he was working on the new star on, on the new the new Star Wars movie." And he just went, "Oh, um, so the Phantom Menace wraps in a couple of days. Do you want to play at the party?" And we were like, uh, "Okay, drop everything. Let's do that." So they built us a stage inside the Naboo, the feed hangar, and we got like the big yellow starfighters, the, the N1s, like basically flanking us around the stage. And uh, so cool. it was a very last minute thing. We put a little stage up, and then we actually had all the cast, all the crew, well, well the cast that were there, and Ian George was there himself. So that was that was a wild night. And that film is called Teenage Wildlife. Um, and, yeah, the uh, film they made, not the Phantom Menace. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I, I've seen it, and I, it, sh- it should come out. It's great. It d- it did get released eventually. It was um, an extra, wasn't it, on one of the special edition CDs? Because I've yeah, seen it. It was. It was. It was kind of like wasted. Well, is the word? It never yeah. properly got. It never got properly released. But yeah. I mean, I, re- I I saw two versions. I saw probably that release version, and then I saw there's a two hour version as well. Yeah, there's a longer version. Yeah. So that was the story behind that, the final minute, and that was great. I mean, just we as we drove in 
I think it was Leaveson Studios at the time. I think was that, is that right? We drove in yes. and then just looking, looking across the grass because it's a huge, like, lot or big, big studios, like a big field and stuff. And then there's like the big statues from the booth from the Gungans, like poking out of the ground and stuff. That was, that was surreal because we had no idea at that point what was in the movie. So then we go in and all of a sudden we're on set. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Do you have loads of photos from for, from that? No, we weren't allowed to take pictures in there. Right. I, would, I would have loved that. Yeah. That's kind of an awesome place to do a gig, though. The th- yeah. The, the feed hanger, yeah. of course. <laughs> I need to set that up a little bit. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the Naboo diorama mm-hmm. stage with us playing around. <laughs> all the little figures. So here's a funny thing that I was going to say earlier. And I really hope I'm right with this because it's going to be embarrassing if I'm not, but I'm, I'm 99.9% sure. The action figures, carded action figures made for Mark, uh, Rick, and uh, Tim were made by Andy from Blues Harvest. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. So ironic that you guys are now playing together yeah. for a couple bribe. of weeks. It's a bribe the years <laughs> we're making, yeah. Jed's always upset he hasn't got one. <laughs> That's oh, what always comes up at this point. <laughs> Only because he said he would make me one, so... There you go. <laughs> we need updated versions. We need 2023 versions. That's there true. Get him on the case. I'm sure he's got nothing to do. <laughs> it's, I, I know, Mark, I know you and Tim are very massive Star Wars fans. Is, is Rick as well? Or is he one of these... It's a bit I like, mean, I think... Star Wars. But the other two are, <laughs> but they kind of go... They're not on the same... I mean... They're not on the same level as me. Like, Tim used to have all the toys and figures when he was younger. Him and his younger brother used to play them and stuff. Um, but then he sort of like, I think that he just couldn't get his head around the prequels. So the prequels were not really for him. Right. And, but then, and so I kind of, I think he checked out of Star Wars for quite a long time. But then after Disney Plus came out, he start got back into Mando and stuff like that. So he's, yeah. I think he's quite excited to go to Celebration this year. And he's got like mm. his, um, got kids now so he wants to take them oh, <laughs> and they're all so you know like younger you know younger kids so they're all like you know obsessed with baby Yoda and stuff so i'll try and be the barometer on this T- tim and rick are what you would call like regular plus star wars fans they know a lot about star wars yeah mark's one of us no, he knows too much <laughs> he's got- <laughs> excellent it's, it's a problem it's that kind of level that's so so rick and tim are super star wars fans but mark's in the same therapy group as us. <laughs> have you ever, um, Jed? Have you ever worked with anyone related to Star Wars? You've the, the creature shop. You've a Jim Henson thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked at Jim Henson Creature Shop. They built me this fourteen-foot monster. Um, so that was good, and just just that experience, just to know what they've made and just the history there. And I got to I got to visit the um, the Jim Henson's creature workshop um, in LA and. I signed an NDA, so I can't say what I saw there. But like, it, it was it was the best thing I've ever seen. I, you just walk in and just instantly, like, I cannot believe this is here. I cannot believe that, like, everything you think, everything that was good from your childhood is in there right now in front of you, and, you, and you're not allowed to touch it. But of course, I did because I was just like, I'm not. I don't know when I'm ever going to get back here. I'm I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna touch Michelangelo from the turtles. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and obviously they have like all the kind of you know muppet type things there as well and but they're they're getting really into uh making like adult creatures for like horror films and things as well so there's a lot of stuff that they do right now that you don't think is the the creature shop but it is and obviously they 
there's Star Wars stuff there as well. And um, but yeah, it's it's they're an amazing company to know. And like, I'm trying to work with them a little bit more. And I just did something, and uh, I really wanted them on board because it was another big monster. But um, the timings weren't right. But um, yeah, they they are the the, the best. Pe- they are just the best people. Um, and I just love I just love creatures, and I love people who make creatures. So I'm always going to kind of if I'm making something, I also want to be in that world. So it's only a matter of time before I've worked with enough creatures. That then someone says, oh, okay, he knows what he's doing around these, these little goblin things. Let's, let's give him a, let's give him a Star Wars. Jay, um, I know you need to meet, you mean you meet Phil Tebbett? Oh, I'd mm. love to meet him. Like he's, he released a film like a few months ago called Mad God. Yes. And he's been, he's been making it for 10 years. It is fantastic. It was like four uh, years ago, four years ago, I was like, we were out doing shows and sound and the, West Coast in San Francisco. Yeah. And a friend of mine knew Phil and was like, and then it was like one, it was the day after the gig. Everyone's like hungover and just like exhausted. And she was like, okay, you got to go to see the Phil's workshop. And he went, went yeah, went in. He was there and we dropped, we dropped him some like albums and stuff. He, he knew about, he's heard about us. And then he started playing it in the, playing the CD in the, in, nice. in his studio. And whenever we first went in, there was like people at reception who were like, okay, like, you know, no photographs, blah, 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 blah. And then once it got in through reception and into the main part, Phil was pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, take pictures of whatever you want. No, and man. there was a, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in there. He was still working on that in Mad God movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. And it's, people really, really love it. It, it dropped on Shudder, I think this month. Um, the we the Jarek creatures were there. All oh, the, the all the actual um, models, the original ones. Lo- I love wow. all that stuff. Um, I don't know if I've worked with anyone who's been in a Star Wars film or TV show. I guess I just worked. Uh, I'm not even allowed to say it. I just worked <laughs> with someone who's in who's in Willow. Who's in the new Willow show, uh, mm. which is I guess adjacent because Lucas. But um, that's on something I've just done. Actually, no, he was in he was in Dashcam. Uh, my film Dashcam. Um, yeah, so not yet. But I, I hope to in the very very near future. It, it's inevitable because yeah, Jed's in this place where it's all sort of coming together. So knowing the kind of people that Jed works with, it's inevitable that next time you speak to him, it'll be oh yeah, I've been working with <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, and so and so and so. Yeah, that would be interesting because obviously you won't the... be able to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys. <laughs> I would love to do like a found footage. Star Wars film, what would that look like? That that'd be interesting, just all from the point of view of like someone's like personal. Well, it'd be, like... It'd be from a, it'd be from an astromech, oh. wouldn't it? Surely, yeah. Found just footage from camera. an astromech yeah. from the point of view of a droid. That's what yeah. it'd be. It'd be a droid yeah. film and all. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, there you yeah. go. That's you two know, films. He's you know, whenever there. you know, whenever they like used the, they sent they blasted the dog up in the space. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like remember a... that tiger, right? So think of like something similar concept where you've got like one of the core planets and this is before hyperspace has even actually been properly like realized mm-hmm. and they're like testing, like almost like scientifically testing hyperspace and they're blasting these droids out in this, Ooh, in the cool. space. No, no, I've got a better one. It should be a found footage film that's of R5D4 and it's what happened to him between A New Hope and The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Just call it Bad Motivator. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Who would he encounter? Well, that's the thing. We know where he started. Yeah. And we know where he's got to. Theoretically, it all happens on Tatooine, but we don't know that. 
and he's and now he's like Mando's droid for season yeah. three, so he's going to be like super famous. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. That's your pitch. Do go, as a yeah. do as a short. Well, I I, I feel <laughs> I feel like everyone's getting a go on a Star Wars project, so I'd like to have to wait my turn. <laughs> everyone's doing it. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Joe, you know what I could listen to you boys just chatting for uh, <laughs> just just let you go. Yeah, it's great. Um, but want to move things on. So celebration <laughs> is in London in April. Uh, brilliant to have it back on these shores. I think it was twenty twenty sixteen. Was it last time we had it yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, and you boys arranged a ca- an event called the Cantina. Now, Mark, I'm going to come to you. So, first mm. of all, how does a musician, film director, and you, Martin, me, <laughs> Martin, and, gets, and another guy who gets poor <laughs> lads up on stage and asks some really random Star Wars questions when they're <laughs> and England yeah. have just been knocked out of the World Cup? <laughs> Meet in the first place. How does those connections come? Well, it all came from, it was sort of two areas that came together. So from the Ash side of things, I went to a gig in Belfast where they did a really big gig for uh, Dementia Care. I think it was one of them, where it was the Divine Comedy, Ash and the Undertones. And I was lucky enough to have basically won an auction to have a VIP trip which ended up with me being backstage at the after-show party. Ironically, the one person I didn't meet was Mark, because <laughs> Mark had family commitments. But I met everyone else, actually, including their manager, Dave, who was amazing. And then from there on in, I kind I've of started going. <laughs> That's it. I've been a real hang on. But no, I've been lucky enough that when I've seen them, we sort of met up. And then, as Mark will say, we started talking Star Wars and realised it wasn't just about watching bands and talking about bands. And we've been talking Star Wars ever since, really, haven't we? That's kind of where we got to know each other. And so then sorry, Jed... What, what year did you say that was? Oh, God, I think that's coming up for 10 years, isn't it? Right. Must be well, nine, 10 years. It's, it's long. It's a yeah, long time. my daughter a long time ago. Because the reason why we didn't meet was because my daughter was there and she was, like, really young. She was about four. Yeah. So after I came off stage, I looked after her. Because you walked past me and I had a Star Wars T-shirt on. So I say we didn't meet, but you walked past me and you just stopped and went, great T-shirt, I've got to go. And off you went. <laughs> but yeah, so we got to know each other sort of through that, and it's just grown from there, and it's great. It's one of my best mates, which is amazing. And Jed did uh, like a big Ash fan. So I thought when you say, How did you come up with 1977? I think it's the t- number of times Jed's seen Ash play in London. <laughs> I thought that was the figure. Um, so Jed's always been close to him. He put on a gig called Ash 20 for their 20th. And when 2012, we were sort of, yeah. Yeah. And we were chatting sort of online a little bit, weren't we, about stuff like going on there, just like looking forward to the gig and that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we sort of said it's another one. I did that classic thing of at the end of the gig, I found Jed and said thank you. And it, and then because of us meeting at various gigs, we've then become friends. And then there was the meeting match. Should we do Cantina? And that's when it all came. The three of us. Yeah, because like because yeah, and I've I, I've I've known Mark for like about twenty years now. Uh, just big fan of Ash and. Um, uh yeah and and mark was the the most uh at the time he was the one who would talk to like people the, the most he would be the one who after the gigs he would he would come out and like hang mm. out with everyone go to the pub and stuff so he was the most accessible one maybe if rick did that would be in a different situation now <laughs> <laughs> but uh no but mark he was always the most like fan friendly so so over the years became friends and then done multiple things uh together and um yeah, Ash Twenty in two thousand twelve was the first kind of like big kind of themed gig. And if if you guys didn't go, Ash Twenty 
it was almost like an all day of various different Ash things. So they played acoustically, they played um, a, a full band setup. We did Ashioki, where if you paid a certain amount of money for, for a special ticket, you got to sing Ash songs with Ash as your backing band. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, that, and we also, we had. Um, you showed Slashed. Slash. Slash, yeah, but it was more than that. Also, there was a cafe next door to the venue where we had just literally two days before. I went into that cafe. It was a Turkish cafe, and I said, "Can I just like change your menu to like uh, this band Ashes Ash themed things?" And they were like, "Yeah, all right." And then so they just <laughs> they just let me print out new menus, put it in there. But it sent so many people in into their cafe with all these <laughs> Ash themed. Coffees, ash themed chocolates, which were just normal chocolates, just with just change the name. And, um, but they, they asked, me, can you do this for us all the time? And I was like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. It's not possible. Um, but that, that was great. And we had like amazing bands playing. We had, um, Adam uh, Buxton, Adam Buxton doing something. We had My Vitriol coming back after like a 10 year hiatus doing some songs. We had, we, it, it was great. Loads of special guests and stuff. Um, and then, because mine was <laughs> do, do you remember? There. Do you remember the name of the? Um, I think it was the various partners of people in Ash at the time. All the girls did a tribute band to Ash called Gash. Which had the, called Gash. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, 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 you a great. That now, could you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, it, that was good, they actually. named it. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was we good. get cancelled if we try to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Emmy the Grey's got such a great voice. Like it, it it was it was cool. Um but then um so based on this kind of like themed concert, uh we uh Mark um and, and Martin and, and I just was like this 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 would be a good idea if we can make this happen. Do a Star Wars thing for celebration. Um, you know, it's rarely in London, so like let's take advantage of it, and we just did it, not really knowing how it would turn out. And I know me and Martin were very um, <laughs> skeptical, uh, nervous, scared about doing something kind of on this scale because you know you put in you put in the word Star Wars in something, people have a certain expectation of how that night is going to go. Like Star Wars is, is bigger than life, um, and you know, and, and Ash is so closely connected to, to Star Wars and, and all the stuff they've done, so. We, we we put it on and we didn't even announce it was Ash until a few days before the concert and and yeah it was like sold out it was it was it was an amazing 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 like full of surprises um just I, I felt like everyone there couldn't believe what was happening because it, it, it was it was like a night where literally anything could happen and it did and we had Star Wars themed cocktails we we had stormtroopers going around like like to hassling people we we had loads of cosplay we had loads of people who were in actual star wars films just just milling around uh star wars cocktails were down a tree um oh man it, it was insane yeah. it, it it was so good and the visuals were cool as well and so so imagine you guys know that sorry but you guys know this from farthest from you know like the the evening meal at christmas where you have sort of some of some of the actors floating around and it's a very relaxed environment and you probably get a you know much much better time just hanging out with people talking about things. cantina had that same sort of relaxedness except it was a massive high energy proper geek um and you know people right. the amount of photos we saw of people with like you know like pam, pam rose was her usual legendary self but you know one of my mates posted a picture and just said uh 
not, I'm not sure tonight's happening because here's a picture of me 10 pin bowling with Pam Rose while Ash play in the background. And it was that kind of evening where that happened to everyone. Where, where sort of thing. First cantina? Where did you have it? Uh, Brooklyn Bowl at the O2, which was the smaller venue, um, which uh, now is like a arcade, isn't it? I think. Oh, it's it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible what what's turned into. It doesn't yeah. have a stage anymore. Um, but yeah, so like it was it was an incredibly unique venue mm. uh, as well because there was just so much going on and. It had screens everywhere so we could do all of the visual mm. stuff we wanted to do. We had a narrative running through the whole night, um, like a Star Wars crawl in between bands where we said we updated people on the narrative of the night. And and as soon as people heard just the, the band, they would rush up from the bar to, to the screens to see what, what the update is. If, if Ash have been saved because they'd been kidnapped by the Empire, whether we can't remember what it was now. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, no, it was it was it was magical. If I was going to sum up on one yeah. word, it was magical, and I just thought this is going to be so hard to top, and that's what we are doing now with this one. <laughs> we are we are going to top it. We are going to uh, make sure that this is better somehow than the 2016 one, which has gone down in like in legend as like one of the the best kind of Star Wars music crossover nights that there's been, like in this country at least. Mm. So. Yeah, we're not going to stop until it's better than that and make people literally explode with with excitement yeah. as soon as they step through the door. Because yeah, after the la- after the last one, we sort of a few years ago we started talking about like potentially doing it again. And Martin and Jed were like, "Oh, we want you to get more involved." And I was like, "Well, what are we going to do that was different from the last time?" And we just, just like raise the bar. Let's get a venue which is three times bigger. <laughs> Let's yeah. try. Let's um, uh, you know. And then we started brainstorming ideas <laughs> of what we could do on the night. And obviously we can't say yet because that would let no. the cat out of the bag. But um, that 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 process was so much fun that um, I was like, hell yeah, I want to be involved. You're probably picking up. One of, one of the things I, we don't have a problem with is ideas. <laughs> okay, you, you, yeah. Um, but we're pretty good as a team about working through what, what's possible and what works for fans. And that's, that's the thing that I really like about this. Cause like I said, I've got, as you, as you pointed out, I'm not really in these circles, but I do get what people want to see in fandom. And so do Mark and Jed in that one, but we quite a lot of discussions are is like, what would we want to see as star Wars fans? And that's mm-hmm. usually where the best answer is. Um, and it, it works really well. Cause we always sit back and just say, would we buy tickets for this? And when we get to the point where it's like, there's no way I wouldn't get a ticket that's when that gets locked in yeah there's a couple of things that that are like (laughs) that are specifically spectacle based that were like so you were whenever it happens everyone that is there will want to have like have that on instagram be like i was there yeah you weren't there you missed out still you kind of thing yeah it'll be the thing like genuinely in 10, 15, 20 years, people will be like, this happened on this day, and no one will believe them. And they would like, oh, here's the photos. This really happened. Um, yeah. So, not in that Woodstock kind of sequel thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all watch. We're going to be torching the O2. No. Oh, yeah. It's, we... it's a mixture of Fire Festival and, and Woodstock. No. <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> we all watched that, didn't we? It was like comment going, oh, no, that's oh, not no, how you no. do it. Yeah. Uh, we will have, there will be fresh water. It won't be straight from the sewers, promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, but like, um, like, like like the guy say like the, uh this is one ticket 
where I know we're here to like promote it, but like, genuinely, if if I wasn't involved in this and I missed this, I would be. I would be sad for years because like <laughs> if I knew on my doorstep, if I was at a celebration and I didn't go to something that's next door, that's like this. Uh, yeah. I, I would be sad. Um, I love that, Jed. I'm going to clip that bit and use it on our socials. Okay. Please, yeah. please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, yeah. Don't just don't miss it. Just don't be, just don't be the guy that misses it because mm, we will be it's there. right there. You're and there. Are you? are, yeah. It's, we purposely made the because we know like you know money is money is tight in 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 this post pandemic world. Yeah. So the so we have made sure that the prices are extremely reasonable. Um, for I mean we definitely could have charged at double and and it would have been like accepted, but we didn't. We were just like we want as many people to come to this as possible. Yeah. We want this to be something that people you know talk about and so and bring their family and bring their friends. So. Um, so and it's worth saying. So we again, we have a rule because we we do this for fun, but also we're very conscious. There's lots of people that do this for a living. You know, this is their jobs. So the people in the venue, they have to get paid. Ash, you know, even marks marks an organizer. You have to bring the tour guys and the professionals in because it's a professional outfit. So the rule we have is we we pay the people who this is their jobs. I think the sort of the three people who don't make any money from this is us. And we cost it so that it's as low as possible for people to go. And that's the advantage of us doing it because that's a choice we've kind of made. Because um, we're fans yeah. and we're doing it for the fans. Exactly. We're not, we're not doing it to make money. Um, but talking of but money, we, there'll be some amazing we, merch there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but awesome. we very deliberately don't sort of shortchange people by leaning in and going, oh, it's going to be special. You want to be part. Yeah, we like saying this is your job. That's what the rate is, and that's yeah. what you're going to get paid, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Because um, yeah. that's quite important to us, especially with the industry bouncing back after the COVID time. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's another opportunity. So, I was going to say one one of the, one of the things that from last time that we we've learnt is again we we did not know how much people would enjoy it and love it. So it was. I remember the end of the night. Me and Martin was like, I cannot believe we pulled this off. <laughs> it went. It went so. It went so well, and everyone was just so happy. But one of the yeah. things people weren't happy with is the fact we ran out of t-shirts kind yes. of early on because we just didn't we didn't know how many to make. So we 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 made not enough basically, and those t-shirts are like iconic. So um, mm. yeah, this time we're gonna we're gonna make sure we will have enough of those to, to go around, and uh, we'll try and um, learn from that mistake. Nice. Yeah, I'm so excited. Good, good. I really am. Martin, we bought our tickets straight after you told us about it. Nice. And um, yeah, I think when I went out for a Christmas do of work, a round of drinks in Oxford was about the same price as this. Yeah. It was, yeah, really, really good value. We'll probably say it a couple of times throughout this episode, you know, we'll have a link in the, in the, yeah. in the blurb, but all right, people have already got the first bit. How can, how can they get a ticket? It's uh, go to the Indigo at the O2 website or AXS.com and search Cantina. Um, basically, go to the Mrs. Cantina as well. Yeah, MrsCantina.com website that will take you through what's happening. Um, yeah, basically book it as you would a gig at the O2 anywhere. And it is a buzz, I have to say, for me, who's not in this world, to sort of load up the O2 Arena website and you see your gig. Yeah. And, and it's not even like sort of as a sort of special... Oh, we've done them a favour. It's like, no, we're doing a gig at the O2. Yeah. One one thing I also <laughs> will say about <laughs> yeah. the, the actual 
indigo venue yeah it is it's an actual better venue than we have for 2016 in terms of sound definitely quality. um so it's, it's a bit of an upgrade in terms even though the sound was amazing at brooklyn bowl don't get me wrong this is this is a world above that it's one step above where we can we could do the light show we want to we, we could do the visuals we want to we could do the sound will just be, be like tons better as well so this is a major upgrade for it and um and again we hope that it's it's amazing enough that we could do this again and again and again um, if people like it what's the, i mean one of the things because i went to quite a few you know comic cons and stuff is that they usually start quite early in the day and then they finish around four or five p.m mm-hmm. and then and then then it's done it's like people who go to the cons will go off and find bars and stuff but there's never really any kind of like proper evening entertainment which is organized and i know that sometimes there's like you know, costuming groups have their own but it's quite, kind of closed yeah just for them kind of stuff but this is like open to anyone. So anyone yeah. who's at Celebration can come. Um, and it's hopefully going to be like the best Star Wars party I was thrown. I also liked one of your posts. I think it was on Facebook um, with the Emirate Airline. You get the old cable cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right into the gig. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, that is, that's a real good way to yeah that's a real good way because yeah because the emirate airline which is like the cable cars goes direct from um excel to the o2 so yeah. you, you can get them five minutes literally it's, it's real a stone fun. throw yeah so so with the with the first one uh dj elliot who's playing who you know if you've been to celebration you'll know he runs the main stage and is the warm-up and he's the link between the fans and what the show's coming up so he's doing a full dj set at, at Cantina, which is quite a rarity in the UK to see him do his DJ set rather than be the stage host. Um, but when we did the first one, he was kind of like guest DJing for us. I think he sort of volunteered. We didn't, we didn't really didn't know what we had at that point, you know, with him playing. And uh, basically he didn't bring his adapter for his DJ kit when he turned up at the Brooklyn Bowl because oh, obviously yeah. he, runs, he runs on US power and it's different. So he had to go and get a transformer. So he went on the Emirates airline back to his hotel room, the, the cable car, and then back on the cable car for the gig. Except when he returned at the gig, there was five tourists with him that basically he'd been talking to in the cable car. And they went, well, we want to go to this gig. <laughs> and they ended up gate crashing at the end because nice. they were so desperate to come after like this little journey across with him. And he was feeling very proud of himself when he came and said, I think we had like 20 tickets on the door that, you know, on the night you get to the last minute. And it was kind of like, well, there's five sold <laughs> purely from him traveling back on that. Yeah, it's, it's very quick. <laughs> yeah. So I know you want to keep some things back. Obviously, you've got things in the making. But what has been announced? You just mentioned DJ Elliot. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned Blue Harvest. Yeah, Blue Harvest the... playing. Yeah. yeah. With Darth uh, Elvis playing his last ever live gig. I know, so sad. Yes. The legend. Yeah. The legend that is Darth Elvis will be mm-hmm. performing one more time at this, um, which will be emotional, but also what a way to go. You know, as, as, as Darth Elvis will tell you, you know, I'm, I'm bowing out on the same st- stage as Prince. So yeah, I can't so really be too I was cross. I to go with Prince, yeah. Yeah. So, he went, so, oh, you, man. so you know the venue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> saw the concert and then went into Indigo afterwards. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Night. So yeah, so you know we're not mucking around with the venue. No, no yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then we got Level Up Leroy, who's like in the UK scene is kind of like your your number one Comic Con DJ. He'll be doing his visuals. Um, like I say, there are definitely some surprises locked in, and we're working on a few more 
Okay. Uh, the biggest pro- biggest problem I have at the moment. So if you ask me what's what my part in all of this is, I'm spending most of my time checking in with all the talent, making sure they run to time because everyone's saying, "Oh, we could do this," or yeah. "Oh, we've got this happening." We think, and I'm like, "Great, but this is how much time you've got." <laughs> sort of yeah. thing, which is a wonderful problem to have, but that's the uh, that's the challenge for me. Cram it all yeah. in without. <laughs> Ma- Mart- Martin's like a Pokemon trainer, and and. Uh, and me and Mark are like <laughs> rare Pokemon, so he has to keep keep trying to, like yeah. like like you know try to try to rally us in because uh, all yeah. we want to do is level up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Evolve, whatever they do. <laughs> um, I'm the one who sits in the meetings and go right. Current running time is 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that's can... that's yeah. a that's a good point because again yeah. um, with the tickets, there's obviously some tiered tickets and. Uh, the mm. stuff we haven't announced with the tier tickets. So obviously you would expect a little bit more if you're paying a little bit more. I mean, everyone's going to have a magical time, but if you do pay that little bit extra, you'll have access to perhaps some other things, but we don't mm. want to reveal all, all of all of that um, straight away. Say for the fact that you might be in the venue a little bit longer than everyone else. If you pay a little bit more. I, think I mean, uh, I mean, people have heard of these so-called after show parties, but yeah. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So, so we have a strange marketing strategy where we sort of don't tell everyone what's happening, which you think would be crackers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but generally that comes from the fact that, yeah, this is the great thing about the community. You announce you're doing something as long as you know what it's like, guys, as long as you're sort of a decent person and you're not abusing the system, loads of people come forward and say, Oh, do you want us to do this? Or, Oh, can we help in some way? Yeah. And we kind of knew that from last time. So that's where this comes from with why you don't announce everything day one. Because you get so much goodwill and kindness coming and we try and work things in, which kind of means a couple of weeks time you start announcing oh we are going to do this and or this is going to happen well mine how um, i see it is it, it's it's like a film you, you don't mm. get james cameron telling you what happens at the end of of avatar yeah. 2 even though you probably figure it out because it's the same as the first one <laughs> um, but you know you just you just you know oh he's done it before he'll probably do yeah. it again it'll probably be i never cool. i never understood i never i was completely surprised by what he did in titanic <laughs> yeah. yeah, no Titanic. Yeah, like I, I did not. No, look, look. Come on, let's be honest. The end, the end of every James Cameron film is, oh, I've made three billion. Yeah, that's that's the end of every James Cameron. Film. Yeah, I like it when he comes and he says, "Oh, this has to be one of the top ten uh, most successful films of all time to break even," and then he goes yeah. and does it, like just just like that. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, but that's that's can that's that's Cantina. Like like you just we've done it before. Uh, we're going to do it yeah. again. You just need to trust us that the journey throughout the night is going to be fun and the end's going to be great. And um, then hopefully we will be able to do it again. Can't yes, believe give, it. give them an idea of what they can do. <laughs> well, I, I'm just still in sort of Star Wars shock. I mean, fellas, you know how to make a Star Wars man moist. My point <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> We, we that one, that's that that's going to be on the t-shirt we you know we've got our tickets and now Stu, me and you are sort of you know having a bit of oh, maybe we need to get another ticket upgrade maybe we arm. need to get <laughs> upgrade our own tickets here because i've got massive fomo of something you've not told me about so yeah to be fair yeah, i didn't realize they were available when i booked them I know. Yeah. Like I say, it's the most bizarre strategy for marketing in some ways, where we've kind of not shouted about certain things. Um, we'll 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 certainly be able to say more soon. I think we're off to the Indigo on Friday, aren't we, Jed? 
Oh, cool. Is that weird? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we are. Yeah, we... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you for reminding me, because I, I completely forgot. Uh, well, that's yeah, where, so that's we when we can lock some stuff down, and that's when we start shouting, and that's probably a good reminder for us. We might need to ask them what happens if people want to upgrade. <laughs> I, I think, as this is, a, this, is a, this is a suggestion, and I now expect it to be in the show, okay? Um, <laughs> so, Ash, when you're on stage, yeah, you could... You could take your song Candy, get Hayden Christensen on the stage and change the word to Sandy because the lyrics work really well. Because, like, Sandy, such a joy to me. You know, sweetest remedy. Only you can ease my troubled dreams. I think that works really well with sand. So um, expect that if I'm upgrading. Um, <laughs> you guys any suggestions? <laughs> you keep on going. I like that one. I'll, I'll, I'll have a little think. Yeah, well, this is this is what side. this is basically what Jed and I do to Martin. We go; these are all the yeah. things that we want to do. Yeah, and then he goes, "No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that." <laughs> and then so, we're like, "Okay, it, we can do that." <laughs> and, and there's an element of the thing is they will just basically say, "Oh, let's get Hayden in to do this song," and then there'll be this pause. <laughs> yeah, it's but uh, this is I tell you, this is the weird thing about the life talking to these two guys. It'll be, "How do we get Hayden in?" Oh, I don't know. And there'll be a little pause, and then it'll be. Oh no! Wait a minute. I know someone who worked within three years ago. Let me just message him. <laughs> Something because it's because it's so well connected, like between the three so there, of us. In there in is the actually ways. something. No. Sim- okay. No. There's going to be special guests. Um, no. Uh, yeah, it's definitely be a special guest. And before everyone asks, no, George Lucas will not be playing the kazoo on stage and stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe well no, but you know because people do get into friends. So I, one thing I think we can say. So I helped out at a gig in Chicago where we had the mystery porg, and the mystery porg has never been revealed, right? So I don't know if you've heard about this. It was kind of at the bash. There was you know Dave's MC porg, yeah, costume. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. That's why I know I can say it to you guys. And this is where Mark and Jed look at me a bit blank, right? So the best thing about it for those in the know was the Porg walked out on stage to dance to Cantina with Blues Harvest. But for people in the know, they were freaked out by the fact the Porg was walked out by Dave. So it was not Dave in the costume, right? And then, of course, we did hashtag Mystery Porg. So who was in it? And I know for because I know who was in it. It's genuinely someone very famous. (laughs) And And it's never been revealed who it was in there. And there is a good chance they might do it again. We used to get that at Celebration where the likes of Kathleen Kennedy would be walking around with a Star Wars helmet, a Stormtrooper oh, helmet on. Yeah. And just people yeah. being a little bit incognito. I mean, I remember Celebration, I think it was Orlando. Hmm. It could be in Essen. But they introduced um, Peter Mayhew. So Peter Ooh. Mayhew came out on stage with his cane, but he was being helped by someone. And everyone was like, whoa, Peter Mayhew, Peter Mayhew. And then they realised the person helping him was Mark Hamill. Yeah. But he hadn't been introduced at that stage. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So for those of us who know Dave Tree, you can imagine when there was a few live streams and a few videos, when they all saw MC Porg walk out on stage, they're like, oh, that's Dave Tree. And then they saw Dave Tree. You can imagine it was like, what? <laughs> and like I say, the person who's done it did it under the proviso that if it's ever revealed who it is, they'll reveal it themselves. So... Mm-hmm. They yeah. we we've been a bit in like the Mars singer, isn't it? Kind of like yeah, take yeah, it before, off. before yeah. the time. But, um, <laughs> I, I reliably informed the mask, uh, the mask singer, the mask porg. We call it now. The mystery porg um, is keen to do another appearance. Oh, that's great, Martin. You you're going to have you're going to have people who are drunk 
knocking yeah. the pork over and pulling the head off just to yeah. see who it is. Like. Oh, no. Well, you can't <laughs> see in this costume, right, Mark? So that was another funny thing that most people didn't see. You can't see in this costume at all. And I was watching Dave walk the porg across this. It was in the science museum. And basically, Dave stepped to the left to avoid this massive concrete pillar, which the person in the pork suit couldn't see. And they went smack right oh, yeah. into it. And I was like, knowing who that is in there, that wasn't a good thing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Mark's that's, saying that's about ripping... Sorry. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, Mark's saying about people ripping... Pork's heads off, and Jed's Ooh. going. That'd make a good movie. That yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, it's such yeah. a collaborative evening. I'm loving yes. it. <laughs> I mean, there was a bit of horror in the Last Jedi whenever those boys got roasted and Chewie's was eating them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard that there's a bit of a horror element to the Soka series coming up. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, there's an element of if, like even in Mando, there's an element of it, and even in Boba Fett, there's. You know, there's there's monsters and stuff in it. Um, I think there might yeah. be. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like elements from Clone Wars that that have that you would say are horrorish. Mm. Yeah, they might be yeah. pro- might might be part of it. The thing is, like, I don't think Disney would do anything that might jeopardize toy sales. So they're they're always gonna they're always going to uh, try and 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 be slightly young younger in in most cases, uh, just so they can sell sell toys um i think the Soka show is going to be quite toy centric yeah in a way that andor wasn't yeah mm, absolutely so are you boys quite invested in what disney are putting out yeah That's of course that question isn't it i mean it's 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 like i mean a lot of people have got quite strong opinions on what disney have done and what they haven't done or what you know but i kind of look at it like while while the sequel trilogy was not perfect. I there was parts of it that I love, parts of it that I really do not like. But then it's got us to the point where we now have Mando, and in my opinion, the Mando first, the first two seasons of Mando is the best Star Wars we've had since the original trilogy for me personally. So I, I mean, I'm I'm happy, even if we got to go through some rough waters to get to where we've got, and you know, they're putting out so much content, so so much content that not everything is going to be great, and not everything's going to be for everyone. That's it. But, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, I, I feel like they're throwing a lot of things at the wall just to see what sticks. Whatever sticks, they'll make ten seasons of that. Yeah, like Mando was such a hit. I mean, they're not. Oh yeah, it's just going to run and run and run. I think. I hope it does because, like, you know, he's a bounty hunter. They get this unlimited stories you can tell with that. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm a big fan of them producing as much as possible because when we were kids, we were we were in a drought for, for mm. Star Wars content. So I never want that to happen again. So just keep going. Like no one's putting a gun to your head and saying you need to watch. You need to watch this. You need to watch that. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch it anytime you want, or don't watch it. Like it's fine. Like, um, but it, just to have the option is is really really cool. It's really cool. People just like to moan on the internet. Just like <laughs> how, how dare they take a character that I loved when when I was was five and and cast this person? How dare they? And it's just like who who cares? They're making this cool stuff that's going to inspire a whole generation of people. Like 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 Mark always says, like people might not like the prequels, but like um, kids do. Kids like the prequels, and that's what's got them into Star Wars. Which mm. like. And they'll be the next generation of potential like filmmakers who 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 make stuff. So you know, there's a Star Wars for everyone. Like I'm a big fan of the Last Jedi. I really liked it. I remember when I when I came out of Last Jedi. I think I told these guys I was like, I'd like this. This is probably my favorite Star Wars. Like on the day I watched it, I was like, 
I, I love this so much. I was like, this is amazing. This is incredible. I mean, I've slightly died down on, on my love for it now. It's still <laughs> up there, though. It's, I, still, I still think it, ha- it has the, the, the best space battle. It has the, 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 the best uh, fight in it. It's got all these moments that are incredible. Maybe it doesn't all join together perfectly, but I think it has some of the best moments in Star Wars history on, on film or TV in The Last Jedi. Maybe the whole film doesn't stand up um, against it, but individual scenes are absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah, that was uh, my... If I was just sort of like, you know, really go hard on the sequel trilogy, I'd say there's a lot of like individual good parts, but then especially like well, Rise of Skywalker, there's just like this patchwork mess mm-hmm. where a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but um, but like they have really good visual parts, and oh yeah, that scene was cool in itself. But you know. yeah, I kind of like what Jed said with the Rise of Skywalker in particular. I I I felt absolutely great watching the first one. Uh, yeah, for, watching it the first time, should I say? And then I've really gone downhill on it, and I've come to the conclusion it's kind of like it's like a greatest hits film. It's kind of got everything you want to see, but actually it's sacrificed a story on the back of it yeah like that's what jj does that's yeah. what jj does he 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 wants to please everyone he, he, yeah he, he wants to fix what went wrong with last jedi so he wants to please yeah. everyone and if you try and please everyone you please no one no one yeah uh, but i remember watching it the yeah. first time and thinking i didn't think it was necessarily like a great film but i just remember i feel so happy i've seen the, you know i've seen wedge come back i've seen these little nuggets that all made me happy it really doesn't for me work re-watching it Although I, I remember what, bits of it, I remember being, I remember being genuinely scared that I was, that I would, something would happen to me where I'd die before I saw the complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, after I'd seen it, I was like, okay, at least I know what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if it made no sense. <laughs> yeah, but no, in the I cinema, would... when you, when you watch in the cinema, there were bits in it. I was just like, what? <laughs> like, oh my god. Sense. That makes that, no sense. That what? entire fleet oh. of star destroyers, all of them were like the Death Stars. Was just like, come on. <laughs> And where, where, who's crewing them? Where did they come from? They were just under some ice. <laughs> Palpatine going by. Palpatine going, my focus is Star Destroyers. <laughs> I've been hoarding them from the collector's sites for years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's best not to think about it too much. Right? Yeah. But I, I'm in a place the same as these guys, like, to a certain extent, any Star Wars is good Star Wars. You know, what a what a horrible problem to have is yeah. there's so much Star Wars I don't like it all. You know, when we've grown up in an era where you know, at one point, although there's not going to be any more Star Wars, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, so. we grew up we grew up where it was yeah. after Return of the Jedi we had the Ewoks cartoon and nothing else for oh it's the Ewoks movies, which I actually really like. Mm-hmm. But then because I was still young, I actually went they released we were lucky in that the Ewoks movies were actually released in the theaters here. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the states, Caravan it was straight, yeah. straight the video, yeah. wasn't it? Or it was a TV yeah. special or something? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah um, TV, TV specials. Yeah. But after that, then it was like, it was what it was like. That how many years was it before like they started doing the, the comics? It was a big gap. Yeah. So you, yeah. you look back at that era, and then you look at now where. You know, the beef is, I didn't enjoy this episode. I've got to wait another week until I get some new Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, there's another new series starting the following week as well. So it's two Star Wars going on. It's like, you can't complain, can you? And it's all, you know, they're not cheap, are they? They're not no. cobbled together. Like, mm-hmm. You can see where the money's gone on them. But yeah. yeah. I was going to say, can I can I fire Mark up just because it's too much fun? What do you reckon to the Vespers in uh, the Vespers scooters in Book of Bonfet, Mark? <laughs> yeah, Give I was us just your gonna... view on that. I was just going to say that, you know, you, 
you've got like in my mind worse than the holiday specials the worst live action star wars was that episode three of book above fit because the vest was made absolutely no sense they were supposed to be skint teenagers who were out of work and had no money yet they were able to keep their shiny vespa bikes perfectly like no not a speck of dust on them they and, and they were also wearing like these all these fancy clothes with their mod upgrades and stuff which looked like it was straight out of Buffy or some sort of like cheap CW show. It was totally <laughs> done. I mean, it was bad. But then a couple of episodes later, you've got the Bryce Dallas Howard episode where it's like movie quality shot mm-hmm. perfectly. They just seemed to be very inconsistent. While the two Mando seasons were, for the most part, like quite consistent. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. certain episodes were better than others, but Book of Boba Fett was like really erratic. But as you said, we only, I had, I had a real grump after episode three, but only two, two weeks later, it was like episodes five and six were fantastic. And then the finale was not, it was kind of like the first half of the finale. I was going, what is going on? Cause it was supposed to be built up to this big, big battle, this big war against the pikes. And it was like 10 guys in a cart in the street. <laughs> it did annoy yeah. me. None of those uh, souped up motorbike riders weren't getting killed. Yeah. I know. I was, I was hoping no that one's get getting killed. shot. And the, and also, but do you know why? Just, the pikes just turned up on the bus. I mean, they didn't, yeah. you're supposed to be this big, fearsome, like, you know, crime syndicate, and they just turn up on the bus. The, I reckon that, I reckon they thought those, those, uh, uh that Vespa gang w- was going to be like a standout thing and breakout hit. And then they would spin them off into their own series where they're getting up to adventures on their bikes. That's, yeah. that's what they thought. Like, yeah, I'm but the problem sure. was the concept wasn't bad. If you look at the concept art itself, mm-hmm. it, look, it looks kind of cool. It was just yeah. the execution, like they just yeah. the art department there, or the, the directing, or there were some bad calls made Something on that was one. Bad. But like f- with, with, fifteen with, mile an hour chases, yeah, that, that was the oh, bit that got me terrible. But yeah, like, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but like, then on another episode, you've got the speeders on the same mm. season. There's like, oh yeah, the train sequence, right? The speeders, and that mm. was done brilliantly. Yeah, so that was great. You went from episode two to episode three, and the quality was just like start. Like what? Yeah, and but look, seemed I'm to be the. Dirt- Seemed to be the director had the three poorest episodes of the season. Yeah, Rodriguez. And look, I'm looking. I'm looking at Disney Plus right now, and click on click on the Star Wars thing. We are so spoiled. We are. If you t- if you in the nineties, if you said in in 2023 you can click on a, a a channel of just Star Wars stuff, and you would get every single thing that's ha- that's happened in the Star Wars universe, plus extra things, plus there's new things every single week. Like it is unbelievable what's on there now. Just so much stuff, so much content, uh, and little shorts as well. Like like the Studio Ghibli Baby Yoda crossover uh, little short that's on there. Like it's so cool. Yeah. So Stuart and Jez, this will hopefully appeal to you. You know the um. Was it like there was a eight millimeter film of Star Wars that showed sort of certain bits from it, wasn't there? Yeah. When it first came out, I remember saying to my mum, and it's a proper my mum moment, so I must have been a little kid at the time. I remember seeing a catalogue advertising that, and I just sort of like was obsessed with looking at it. It was outrageously expensive. There's no way I was going to be able to get it and get it as a present. But I remember going proudly down to my mum and saying, I don't know how, but one day, I will own a copy of that film, the full film Star Wars, and I'll watch it as many times as I like because we didn't have videos in those days and we didn't have any of that. It was just when I saw that eight millimeter or sizzle reel that you could buy, I just made this declaration that I will have Star Wars, that film, on tap 
for me because that's how successful I'm going to be. And now we it? now we live in an age where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I've got another. Tell you what, Martin, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you that VHS. I'll, I'll, I'll bless you. I'll splash eight, out. eight mil, eight mil. Well, <laughs> again, we get it from fathers from. I'm sure there's copies floating around, isn't there? <laughs> and now you know, we also live in an age where it's not just the content which is being produced by Lucasfilm, but we live in a world where you've got 24 hours of YouTube, like sub- oh. supplemental, like you know, every I'm man sure, and his dog yeah. has got a channel, you know, and a very strong opinion, whichever way goes <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. But like, I, I'm, and I'll stop this in a second, but. I, I am flabbergasted that people use the 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 short time we are on Earth to to moan about stuff like and this is to moan about things not they're not moan about wars or people dying across the world they're moaning about a character in a story that isn't real that that someone else has made like it, it, it's nuts to me like when I see people moan about oh my god this isn't you cast this person as this person that I that I read in in uh, in a book in 17 years ago how dare you like they can't be that character it's just like who are you, who are you to say go make your own thing like it's, it's also it's, guess what it's so if you if you really hate something and if it's not for you anymore move on mm-hmm. move on to something different yeah, but exactly. they don't they yeah. don't there's people who have been crying about this every day for five years. Like <laughs> Making videos about it every day for five years on YouTube. It's insane. They're, they're exactly. actually their brains are broken. And like if and they there's more hits and misses in, in this universe. There's more hits and misses. So like, you know, they've got a lot of goodwill from me and like I I can't see a world I'm sure the other guy's saying, well, I'm, I'm going to ever stop watching. Something drastic would have to happen. There would have to be the worst show of all time for me to like even consider not well, watching made, everything Star Wars. They've made well already, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I oh my God, it. it's terrible. <laughs> I think you could say that you're very much like football fans to a certain degree that, you know, this is my tribe. Right, I've followed yeah. them. They'll have a bad season. They might have a bad game. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they've had a bad game. Next game is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And we've all got that belief, haven't we? We've all got, that, all got that love. We talk about, oh, that was that was poorly executed. That was a really bad away kit. Oh, my goodness. The next away kit is amazing. We'll have peaks and troughs. Yeah. And I, I always say to myself that it's the vocal minority yeah. on, online Majority of people love it, but you know, people are more likely to complain than praise, I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just keep it coming. We've had such a rich, lucky eight years. I well, there's also say. there's also a, almost like a cottage industry which is making pe- people a lot of money to to be on the hate train, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that is what it is. I mean, the people who I know through conversations who make that content who have said privately that they do it for money. Yeah. And their actual real opinions are, you know, probably not, it's not what they love, what the stuff they're bitching about, but it's like, it's probably not as strong as they're performing. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. And that's why we are trying to spin it around and, and show people the positivity of being a Star Wars fan. And, and yeah. uh, that's what Canteen is all about. Just like, it's just, we're going to, we're going to give you a good time. It doesn't matter if you didn't like an episode of, of, of whatever. This is about the love of something that you've loved for your entire life and you can share it with, with everyone around you and just just celebration is going to be amazing anyway um because mm. especially this is the first time it's been here since 2016 so it's before the disney plus stuff so 
now there will just be more people into it. There's more generations of, of people who have access to this stuff. So I think it's going to be an, an unbelievable celebration. Well, celebration itself sold out so quickly, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Always it does like, though, right? No, yeah. last 2016, it was quite easy to get tickets, wasn't it? It kind of had a rush at the end. But this one had like the full-on get your tickets in the first hour, otherwise you've missed them type yeah. thing. Oh, I was in Monday. Good sign. Was it Disneyland in Paris having dinner? Uh, with my phone on the table, my missus was going, oh, yeah. what are you doing? So I've got to try to get tickets for celebration for an hour. <laughs> yeah, That's right. basically every time yeah. Hasbro does pre-orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they're sitting in the shops you're, for months. You're yeah. out with dinner with your girlfriend or something, and you're trying to like do pre-orders under the table. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Just getting myself the reason. <laughs> Most up to date Zuvio. <laughs> Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> How is the Zoom like, VM coming on, Martin? Zoom VM's um, hu- hugely accessible. As um, as Jed was alluding to, it's strange we can't say the name and we won't say the name, but we had a hugely successful film director get a tour the other day with uh, with Jed, which was quite funny. Uh, our celebrity tours are doing very well. You guys are obviously invited to have a tour as well. We'll sort that out. That's great. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> For something that's so, well, I say silly, but it's very serious. Uh, but for something you wouldn't expect, it's, um, it's, it's doing remarkably well. Um, I'm, I'm yet to have a complaint about the quality of the items in there. Uh, <laughs> people genuinely feel educated after they've had the full Zuvium tour. They gen- definitely say they know more about Zuvio than they had when they went in. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and we're getting repeat bookings. And actually, I have two guys from America who have done the virtual tour. But when they come to celebration, they are specifically coming to do the tour in person, even though they've had the virtual version. That's amazing. It's is the there, virtual is there a... version by Zoom. Yes, by Zoom. Now I've done I've Messenger, Zoom. We can do them all, and you get so so. Yeah, I think it's okay for me to say stuff because I get it very quiet. Look, again, the consistent marketing, I don't say anything about anything. <laughs> so your, your Zoovium tour <laughs> genuinely takes about 45 minutes to an hour, okay? It includes a pre-show. Like all the best Disney rides, you have a pre-show. Um, and then there is a a video that you watch that walks you around the Zoovium, and then you go live to me, and I will answer questions about the artifacts you've seen. And it always That's gets... the series g- or... Uh... Force Awakens, is it? Well, no, yeah. You see, you this is the bit. That, this is what surprises people. Um, and Mark and Jed have done it. Everyone consistently say, "Yeah, we know it was going to be a laugh," but genuinely, there's a few interesting things in there that we weren't expecting to see that are of relative interest. Um, and you'd be surprised how much Zuvio stuff there is that isn't just those figures. So, so in the Zuvium itself, you don't see the full collection of my actual figures. They're they're in the vault. Um, but I'm happy to say I've got I'm I'm definitely at 415 three and three quarter Zuvios carded. Usually, and, if I reveal to you, yeah. usually the price has gone up on them. Sorry, sorry, what, what, what? I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say, usually whenever you exit the museums, you go through the gift shop and you have to buy yeah. something. Well, if someone goes to Zuvium, they have to drop off their Zuvium figures. That's it. Yeah, so you, you have to make a tri- pay a tribute, <laughs> pay the tribute to Zuvium. But yeah, I've got yeah, it's four hundred and fifteen three and three quarter inch ones, and I think I'm just over one hundred and twelve black series now. I've got unbelievably. I've still got in the and it calls is like a department store in Jersey City where I kind of live here. There is eight Zuvio black series Zuvios that I've been on the pegs since two thousand fifteen. Was it twenty fifteen? <laughs> so. And they and they're still there. 
I'm we keep messaging, waiting. don't we? Yeah, uh, we can I keep messaging. Martin will send me in. Go like, are they, have they been reduced yet? No, not yet. Yeah. They're, they're just <laughs> well, not. They're never going to go on clear. Because wow. there's rules, you see. That's what people don't understand. I, I, you never pay full price for a Zuvio. You, yeah. You'd be a fool to do that every time you see one. No, no, it has to be under five pounds. Right. Um, like I say, there's rules. I'm not mad. Uh, it has to be, <laughs> has to be under five pounds for a three and three quarter, or ten pounds and under for a black series. Because a full price Zuvio doesn't count. That's yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. It it's the discount Zuvio that that the only ones that work. And well, ultimately. I'm going to be a millionaire oh, because people... Oh, yeah. As soon as Zuvio is in another film and he'll be the hero... It's going to happen. You know, I think so. Well, they kind of had him in mind, though. Yeah. That wasn't him, and, though, right? That that was uh, no, one of his species. Absolutely. So the Qzo yeah. have appeared, and then in Disney World, when you do the bounty hunting thing, it's like that. They've used Zuvio, but it is a different Qzo. But it is genuinely him if you do the Magic Band Plus bounty yeah. hunt. Like, th- this is not an accident. They are absolutely guaranteed at some point because he's become such a legend for not having much screen time. I can guarantee you, at some point, he will appear, even if it's a background Easter egg type thing. They're, they're just yeah. not—they're not ignoring him, his species enough for them not to be building up to doing that one day. So, what would be Ultimate Zuvio get? I'm guessing it would be part of his costume or his weapon or his helmet or something. It's the guy—it's the guy who played him getting his autograph. Which we need. He is a mystery man. We've got a name. We had. We talked about this before, didn't we? Yeah. We had a movie idea, a documentary idea, finding finding Zuvio. Zuvio. Yeah. And he's so in the Philippines. Had, he's in the Philippines, we believe. Uh, yeah. He was, an extra, have, he was an extra in Abu Dhabi, and he's in the Philippines now. We think we'll do also, that documentary. I've just realised that throughout the last ten minutes of us talking about the Zuvium, no one's actually said what it is. Oh, it's the world's largest <laughs> collection of Zuvi Constable Zuvio artifacts. I like to say it's the best, possibly the only museum dedicated to Constable Zuvio. <laughs> See, like I know that Jed, yes. Jed is already sort of making up his mind of his cantina band tour bus film thing. Mm. Now going, Constable Zuvio, tour manager, and, and, <laughs> and thre- threading it in there somehow. That's you know. good. Yeah, he'd be the guy that's perhaps perhaps they owe people money and Constable yeah. Zuvio. Or is they're just too loud? Yeah, or, It'll or be like, a noise disturbance. Yeah, or yeah, or he's the promoter. Zuvio's the promoter, and then the band yeah. have to uh, get Ma- get Mando to uh, to um, uh, get the money for them. Off yeah. the, do, off you think, do you think they'll ever take Mando back to like any of this, this sort of like specific sequel trilogy planet, like Jakku? That'd be cool. Uh, I I think they're heading in the direction of linking it all up. So I don't want to go into it's not spoiler territory, but I understand there's sort of like additional scenes in the trailer that's just come out. If you go to Disney Plus mm. in America, we've not seen them in the UK one, mm. and that involves seeing something that's the first thing I think you've seen that starts making you realise the Empire hasn't really mm. gone away. I'm going to be furiously YouTubing later. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. So it feels like they're edging towards linking. What those? Those things. Those things we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... And they'd be mad not to, really, wouldn't they? Yeah. But what I will say is, if any of you guys ever meet Kathleen Kennedy in the near future, you should say, have you, do you know, Chad, you, you should really give him something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be a celebration, Jed. Oh, that's true. I'll just walk up to her. 
<laughs> I one of my biggest sort of like hopes for the sort of like Disney era Mandoverse is that they do because they've already said they're going to do a season four. It's, it's in pre-production now. So after that, and I'm sure like the Skeleton Crew, and maybe if they do a second Ahsoka series, that it all then moves towards like some sort of like big movie. Because I think mm. there needs to be a there needs to be a Mando movie which brings it all together. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. amazing. That'd be and, amazing. And with like with like the proper giant budget and and that mm. kind of stuff. I mean, they're going to do like new movies, but they've already got these characters that people are really invested in, and it kind of seems stupid to me that they. They haven't already went there. I mean, it can't hurt just to do a standalone Mando movie, and and if it does well, make another one. Like yeah. they don't have to do a trilogy, but just they need to. What is so popular? Like he might as well. Like yeah. And at the end, Grogu dies. That will be the real emotional twist. Ooh. No, yeah. what's going to happen is Din will die, and then Grogu will be like he'll take over. He, he could. <laughs> I don't know. Then he could go off and go back to Luke and be do complete mm. Jedi training, or in his anger, if, you know, someone kills Din, he then goes dark side Grogu. Oh, wow. And then you've got, then you've got, like, a new antagonist for, like, going forward. Think of the toys. Think of the toys. He's wearing like, yeah, a black... I've got some... Oh, oh yeah, go. Mandagorian. There you go. There's your horror. <laughs> There's your yeah. horror aspect. Mandagorian. So you need a Mandalorian <laughs> film, and Jed, it's yours. That's it. Do you want the, the tagline? Mandagorian, you you can't take your helmet off if you haven't got a head. <laughs> it would be good if it's if it, yeah if it, if it starts off him removing his helmet and it's just like blood and and like just uh you know just what was yucky stuff talking about like weird heads? What was that Inquisitor in Tales of the Jedi with basically had a balloon for a head <laughs> and then burst it and we got killed and it just like. Was like a balloon. It just deflated and fell on the ground. Wow! <laughs> is that canon? <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the Inquisitor. It's like the, I can't remember which brother it is. It's like it's the one Ahsoka fights him mm. and kills him, or I can't remember how he dies, but she oh, is that the one defeats that people... him? Yeah, and he like, like he had like a big sort of like crow face or something, and then and then when he dies, his head just like pops like a balloon. <laughs> it's weird. Wikipedia is your friend. <laughs> That sounds like like the original Dune, like that kind of stuff happened in that. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. It was not a good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> uh, Mark, you collect, don't you? Let's, yeah. let's completely move it on. What do you collect? How invested are you? Because I'm not sure, but another one of our team, um, chap called Craig, he's got some recollection in the '90s of you showing some Star Wars toys on a TV show, but I can't that- find it anywhere. I oh, know that sounds like something I would have done, yeah. So that that is out there. So his mind's not completely gone. Yeah, I d- I didn't stuff like that or like photo shoots for like magazines, and I've done a bunch of those kind of things. So you've collected for a long while, then. Yeah, I mean, one of my earliest memories is my mom took me to like a double bill in Dublin. It was like I called some sort of holiday. We've been cause we I grew up near Belfast. And we went down to Dublin for the weekend, and I think I probably would have been four at the time. And it's one of my mo- earliest memories is going to see Star Star Wars in the movie theater and it was like a double bill so I cuz it was whenever Empire was just released so they had like a double bill so my mom took us to that and I lasted like maybe 10 or 15 minutes into the start of the first movie cuz I was like so young I fell asleep mm. and then at the end of it she woke me up and we went to the toy shop and the only characters that I really remembered was Vader and the Stormtroopers 
because that was right at the beginning of New Hope. So then I got those, and that was the start of collecting for me. So you've gone all the way through then. Yeah. Did you get invested? I mean, <clears throat> having a bit of success in the nineties, you getting that first bit of cash. You must have thought, oh, Powder Force Two, what a what a joyful time. <laughs> well, before kind of before that, I had kind of my first little sort of like entrepreneurial um what's the word venture venture <laughs> yeah. was before I, before the you know the specializations happened and before there was all the rumors of new movies and things i sort of i went through that phase where my mom had carpet sealed all my stuff all, all my original toys and then i started getting I, I think i went into a comic shop and i saw the old vhs's off the making of return of the jedi or something and i bought it and I, that kind of like re, reignited sort of like the spark and love for it all. And then I was like, Oh, I wish I had all my old toys. And I only had like a handful of my original ones. And then I was able to, um, I thought to myself, there's got to be a way of getting all the old toys again. And Ireland, North, well, Northern Ireland is a bit like isolated from the rest of the UK. So I, and this was like years after the, the, the all being sold off in toy shops and. I got, I went, got the yellow pages and rang up all the toy master shops, toy master shops in the yellow pages in Northern Ireland. And most of them said, Oh yeah, we don't have any. We don't have any. It's all long gone years ago. But actually some of them did have them. And a lot of toy masters were owned by like rural farmers and stuff. So they would use their farms as like where basically with the, where they kept all their inventory and stuff. And some of them had just held on to stuff that, that hadn't sold at the end of like the popularity. So I got. My dad and said, look, this stuff, we gotta go get it. And we paid like very little money for it. It was like the farmers would just like take it, you know, give me 50 quid, give me a hundred quid, whatever. And we were just loading up trailers with stuff. So I was able to then keep stuff that I wanted for myself and then trade things with some of the, 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 the retailers in England because I, because my dad was a model training collector and he, um, would get this magazine called Model and Collectors Mart, and I never really paid any attention to it because it was all little trains, steam trains, and I was like, whatever, that's his sad little, you know, hobby. And <laughs> but then one day I was flicking through it, and I noticed in the back there was like this these ads for like Star Wars stuff, and I was like, what? So like that sort of like I was like, oh, this stuff's worth money as well. So I was able to the trade. I got the addresses from some of the the people in England, and then was able to swap because I was getting like multiples of like of ships and things. I couldn't find, and then I never found any carded, carded figures, but I found a lot of vehicles. So I was able to swap playsets. I got loads of Jabba's playsets, loads of the Scout ATSTs, loads of the speeder bike sets, B wings, Y wings, X wings, tie interceptors, like this pallets of the stuff. And I was able to swap for the things that I didn't have. So I was able to build up a collection of vintage stuff that I needed. And I was never a carded, carded collector. I always wanted to open them up and play them. So I was going to say, well, I just remember having to help you put all your things into storage when you moved to America. And it was just, it was like never ending. <laughs> it was never ending stuff. So I had a good collection of the vintage stuff. And then obviously, as you said earlier, once the new part of the Force 2 stuff came around, then I started collecting that. And I basically collected everything, everything of the three and three quarters. And then yeah. in more recent years, the Black Series and the Rat Rose and stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't go into like the statues and I'm not, not really bothered by that, <laughs> but it gets really pricey when when you yeah, get. I've got I've got, yeah. I've got two stories, two one in the US and one in the UK. I'm trying to keep what most most of my vintage stuff is in the UK, and then all the modern stuffs in the state. Nice, <laughs> You got it on display out there, have you? you have a it's, mostly in, it's mostly in big boxes. I've got 
Um, I try and keep all the vintage collection figures easily at hand. And I, I did go through a phase of getting all the Lego stuff, but I, it just became too much, and I'm like actually trying to get rid of it now. I do. I keep, sure I'll just keep fun. select, just keep select ones and selling off stuff because there's just, they make so much stuff. You've got to try and like focus it a little bit. Mm, yeah, but that's the problem with celebration. Like, it's just like you'll be a kid in a candy store. There's just so much around you. People selling like like original figures and stuff, and you'll get all that carded stuff for sale. But it's just so expensive. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, talking about collecting. So the stuff that I'm probably I like the 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 most is the stuff that Hasbro isn't making because you know Hasbro Hasbro's and they just <laughs> they you know are price gouge and repaint after repaint same figure again over and over again. But the the stuff that the sort of the third party custom makers are making is like to me the the most exciting stuff. So whether it's like the counter style, you know, slave layers or Ulas that Stan Solo's making, those that stuff is just fantastic. And it's, it's almost like we're even new life, new life into like your old counter collections because, you know, he's, you can now populate these setups with like all, all these droids that counter never put out and just enriches it all. Yeah. Yeah. So you like the stuff that's never been made before. You're not, you're not into repro yeah. or anything like that, but you like the continuing the line stuff, don't you? Yeah. And so you've got Stan Solo, you've got a guy in the Netherlands called the next 17 who's doing some great stuff. He's made Ethan Mon, he's made. Uh, he's got up to about eleven new figures that have never been released now, and I know, and he's got like six much sought after figures that Kenner have not released, ne- never released from a New Hope that everyone's going to want. Um, and then there's also pro custom figures who've done a lot of great pilots and Rebel Fleet Troopers, and they have also focused in on the animated like droids and and Ewoks that were never made. So there's a lot of good stuff from the custom makers, We've but got, also yeah. be be careful as well because there's one company in particular that kind of like almost ruined it for everyone and by taking a lot of people's money and then not delivering. So Mm. just do a little bit of homework before you buy any of that stuff. Yeah. Some great stuff out there. We've got a friend in, in Canada who does a lot of customizing. He sent us a figure over Christmas, but he messaged me the other day and he was like, Oh, he goes, I've just got some new um, custom figures. And they were all six Imperial dignitaries from return of the Jedi. (laughs) Every one of them. As a great little run. So he's got the, <laughs> the one that came out with Kenner, and then he's got these other five with it that made the whole set. But uh, yeah, really random pieces. But yeah, I mean, some of the Facebook groups for the custom stuff, I, I think I saw those and they look really good. Yeah, they do. Really well done. Painted up and everything there. Uh, yeah. Has anyone made customs of the uh, the Vespa crew? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want those. I don't want to collect, I just want to collect those. Just oh, the, only, the only one who has them. You want to just. <laughs> all the different colors. Yeah, yeah. The Skittle <laughs> Rangers, we call them. The Skittle Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> oh, I'll have the only the only uh, museum dedicated to those. To the <laughs> I feel sorry for the for the actors that actually play those characters. It's like, oh, they must have seen it back afterwards and went, oh, Jesus. Well, the, 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 main, uh, the main girl just been casted in... Uh, she, Yellow she's Jackets. In my fr- yeah, yeah, she's in Yellow Jackets. She's also in and Rob, who I made host and dash cam with in his film. He's she's a lead in 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 the Boogeyman, the Stephen King movie. They're you had a young Jin Erso, didn't you? In one of your shorts, didn't you? Young Jin, yeah, the little girl who played Jin Erso. She was in my film. So, oh yeah, so I did have a Star Wars person. Yeah, 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 Jin Erso. Yeah, young Jin Erso. She she was great. It's funny because like uh, when when we cast her, I brought. Um, the little Funko of her to set, but I was just like, I had it in my bag, and I was going to give it to her. And I was like, "Is this weird? Is, is yeah. I think this is weird." So I never gave it to her. I've still got it. 
But um, oh, she was she was amazing. And like um, what 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 do you call it? She um, she she had the crystal around her neck. She that she had in um, as Jin Erso as well. She had that pendant around her neck oh, that she had. Yeah, the Kyber crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. had it. She still had it. Um, but yeah. it wasn't. I think it was like a replica because I think she'd actually lost the original. So I think her parents <laughs> made a, a, a replica because she was like sad about it. Oh, she's great. She was in uh, my friend Prano's film Sensor as well, playing the young main girl. But yeah, she's gonna she's she's gonna be big. Yeah. I'm sure. See, I knew we'd get there. Yeah, that, a, there was a link. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot she's in Star Wars. That, that's weird. Oh, and I asked every. I asked everything about um, about Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. As well, because that—that's yeah, my top three Star Wars movies. It's almost actually going back to Disney Plus, like the Andor series. is almost like the first movie of a trilogy, which leads mm-hmm. up to Rogue One. Rogue One being yeah. the third part of the trilogy, we're going to get like the second yeah. one. So I mean, yeah. even if you hated everything else Disney Plus has done, well, most people like Mando, and um, a lot of people had, didn't quite like Kenobi really, but. Andor, I think Andor is fantastic. Do you ever get nostalgia for the for the prequels? Because Attack of the Clones was always my least favourite film, but in May when it was the anniversary, we did a, a whole month of Attack of the Clones shows. I mean, literally like 10 podcasts and we delved into everything. And I think by the end of it, I think we were all a bit like, actually, it's an all right film, isn't it? So I think you were very invested in it, <laughs> yeah. Jez, weren't you? I think it went from second you know bottom to second best. It was, it was a huge challenge. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this. And, but we all delved into different areas. We were, someone was looking at the art. People were looking at costumes. I was looking at the sound and uh, just investing so much in the change from analog to digital and how Ben Burr got with Matt Woods and, and just the, the energy and the, the unique sounds and the additions to Attack of the Clones. And you think about, you know, the seismic charges and, and to all the other things, but working with Foley and, and all the bits, it was fascinating. It was such a clever film. And I never thought I'd say that if you rewind 12 months. So that yeah. was a great experiment for us in May. And um, yeah. I, I really, and, Jez, um, and Jez, do you like what David Collins is doing with bringing those sounds into the series? I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or Facebook or anything, but he's constantly picking up the sounds that Matt and Ben have done and repositioning yeah. them in. I used to love listening to his podcasts when he would just break down and analyze the soundtracks. Mm. The same guy, David W. Collins. Yeah, David W. Collins. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I was a massive fan of what he was doing in the past. I'm not tracking what you're talking about now. All right, yeah. So he he's posted because he's basically doing some real top notch sound design. He's kind of like Matt Wood's prodigy. So Matt Wood mm. was kind of Ben Burt and David have worked, has worked with Matt for a while and he seems to be leading, doesn't he, on most of the Lucasfilm stuff now. But because he loves all the detail as they all do, he'll like say, did you notice in episode two of the Bad Batch, I, you know, or someone will say, what did I hear like the battle droid mm. from Attack of the Clones in episode two of Bad Batch? And you'll go, oh, good listening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I absolutely took this scene and repurposed it and stuff like that. It's really interesting to hear how much he dives back into the, George Lucas said sound is 50% of the movie. Yeah. You know, it, it's a huge part of it. And, and I got the guys that said, right, listen, right, I'm going to give you the first 100 seconds of Attack of the Clones. And I reckon the first 100 seconds, the sound alone is better than the original trilogy opening sounds and Phantom Menace. So up until that point, they had really pushed, pushed the boundaries. It was pushed the limits. It was great. Mm. I'm just, I guess I'm, 
you know, like all of us, hopefully, just lucky that we're just in this Star Wars world where we mm. just get great content majority of the time. Yeah. So to go back to your questions, so sorry I went off on a tangent there with you know, <laughs> the, the David thing. Um, I was lucky. So, so I think this was a nice little warning for us that we didn't know about what would happen when the internet properly happened. Because do you, you, you will remember how everyone was very angry about the prequels. So, you know, if oh, YouTube yeah. had been what it was now, you know, it would have been exactly the same as like, oh, the prequels oh. ruined Star Wars and stuff. I think like it would have been worse. worse. Yeah, absolutely worse. Because I think we had sort of um, ain't it cool news, wasn't it? It was kind of like the big site, and you got like venting in the comments there. I was really lucky though because when I went to see Phantom Menace, I took my nephew the second night, but on the opening night, I went with my friends, and I remember about halfway through thinking. I'm not sure about this. This 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 doesn't have the same sort of excitement that I had that I can recall for Star Wars. And it just got past the scene where they were going through Naboo in the is it the boomer, isn't it? The undersea bit, and they got the fish that eat them. And sat next to me was a dad with I'd say about an eight year old boy. And when you got the line of "There's always a bigger fish." He just roared with laughter. Went, There's always a bigger fish, Dad. And I suddenly, I you know, people say it now, now, but at that moment, I was like, oh, they've not made this film for me. <laughs> they've made it for him, which, funny enough, I was him when I saw Star Wars sort of thing. Yeah. So I kind of went out in a complete, they've not made a film for me here, and it's it's Star Wars. It's good. So I was chilled. Um, but I've grown to love them more as I watched. I'm surprised how much I go back to them, because I, I wasn't that overordered at the time. But if you ask me sort of what films will I watch again, it's probably Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I love Attack of the Punishment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Revenge of the Sith's great. Revenge, Revenge of the Sith is really good, I think. Yeah, but you, but you are right. Like, like there'll be a generation of people who Rise of Skywalker is mm. their favourite film. Yeah. And we'll just be like, what? But My, my kids. Ah. My kids. It's <laughs> their trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Noah Karen for taste. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just like like on a slightly different tangent like so so like we said earlier probably before we started recording we've been doing Dungeons and Dragons for the last two years and me and Mark two two and a half years and there's a new Dungeons and Dragons film that's coming out and mm. it's probably if it does any good it'll probably be the star of the franchise we'll be there at the start watching this franchise explode and we'll be having these arguments 20 years time oh yeah, I like the original Dungeons and Dragons trilogy. Like, um, you know, just fandoms change and they and they move and and um, people like what they like. People don't like what they don't like. And like, they shouldn't be. And I know the, the Star Wars fans are very vitriolic online when they don't like something. Um, but I think I think we we need to like try to focus some of that energy. Or like teach people to focus their energy into like more positive things. Like, yeah, we get it. You don't like it. Now tell us what you do like. You mm. you absolutely hate like flipping and or t- okay. Tell us what you do like. Don't don't just be like the the negative person. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why I I haven't I'm not like full on every day looking at Star Wars YouTube videos and stuff because it is a world where I might want to step back like a little bit and just be like oh man like everyone's so angry like what's what's going on because like because because Mark Mark and Martin tell me about it and I'm just like I'm so glad that I'm not like 100% dialed in to like the the fandom of the, the very specific nuances of everything that's going on because I think I would uh, I, I, yeah I, I, it, oh it, yeah I think 
of what we call the, the general fandom is not plugged into that. Yeah. But the people that are plugged into it are like lunatics. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what my YouTube, my YouTube dream would be? That when Kathleen Kennedy does decide to retire, she puts a YouTube video out that says, Scoop. <laughs> I can exclusively reveal that Kathleen Kennedy is leaving Lucasfilm. <laughs> and anyone who quotes it has to link to this video where I announced it. It was no insider. It was nobody. It was just me saying, I'm leaving. And then she has like a thumbnail of her with red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she's going to leave? Do you think she would ever leave? Well, one one day she's going to leave. One day she's going. To, one yeah, day she's going to have had enough of this. And then, amazingly, every YouTuber who's been saying it for the last five years will go see every I day. We've been posting that she will leave. Well, there's also <laughs> the there's also let's talk around it then. Yeah, there's yeah. A really like there's quite. It doesn't. You don't have to be Sherlock to sort of like make an educated guess that after indie that she might want to like retire. So some people have decided. To make it like this is their big scoop that they got this information yeah. what like a few months ago and that it's all it's all just nonsense. But the same people who've been saying that she's about to retire for five years. Yeah, it is hilarious, isn't it, to see how they sort of literally do YouTube channels that says, you know, I I predict that someone in Lucasfilm will have a coffee this week, and then you'll <laughs> see someone go, oh, I work at Lucasfilm and I can confirm that app. Or no, it will always be someone saying, I know someone at Lucasfilm who has confirmed I was right, but I can't tell you who it was. It's it is quite bizarre. I don't watch them, so you'll be pleased to know, Jen, I don't watch them that much. I, I dip in every now and again, sort of shrug and then go, huh, and then walk off. Mark, you, you love it, don't you? You 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 find it quite entertaining. Yeah, it's a bit of a circus. I mean, yeah. you got, you got, you've got like the whole spectrum of, you know, what they call it. On one side, you've got what they call the shells, and then on the other side, you've got the grifters, and it's like, <laughs> it's just a war. It's a constant war between the two sides. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you go, yeah, we like the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they got enough abuse, didn't they, without all yeah. social media? I mean, yeah. it was uh, pretty appalling, really. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the kids, the kids that grew up in the prequels, they grew up and they're now in their like, like late 20s, 30s. And, and they're, they're the ones who are like the most loudest and vocal on the YouTube sphere defending the prequels. And the prequels have almost got like a, a new reverence that they never had before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Totally right. Um, gents, we have kept you for such a long time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, great pleasure. But uh, just just before we do shut out, just, let's just give Cantina another massive shout out. So where can we get the tickets? You're right. So it's we, we didn't say the date. It's April the 9th, which is the Sunday of celebration. Probably the last night that everyone's kind of around because people will be there for Monday, but they'll be going home Monday evening. So it's the big finish party for the fans of star wars who are at celebration we've got that place in the go go to axs.com uh which is the o2 ticketing agents or go to the indigo at the o2 or just look up the o2 arena and you'll find indigo on there tickets available now i think the cheapest ones are about 42 pounds when you put all the fees in it's 36 quid a ticket um and then you've got the vip ones which uh you, you now look like you're desperate to acquire and they are very <laughs> limited um but yeah get them it's de- uh level up leroy blues harvest with darth elvis's uh last public performance dj elliot doing a full set and a magnificent if only one of them was here the magnificent ash performing um <laughs> who as you've picked up are quite involved in this one and uh, the easy way to this is cantina.com oh yes um, and then all the details are there 
as well the whole gig and when I listen yeah. to fan for tracks every time uh, Greg mentioned yeah. it it was like hashtag cantina too so if you're on social media I'm sure if you search that hashtag yeah. you'll find Darth Elvis posting loads of posts absolutely <laughs> and it's kind of nice because you know obviously I I left fan for tracks with Dave a couple of years ago but we're all still really good mates so it's kind of good working with them on this stuff again yeah we've always been working you know we all hang around together anyway it was just couldn't dedicate the time to it anymore but this is particularly nice because it feels like I'm working a bit with them again <laughs> sort of yeah. thing getting stuff involved so good yeah, it's going to be very good and um I'm gonna find Jed and buy him loads and loads and loads of drinks until he tells me what he saw at uh, the Henson Creature Place oh okay sure <laughs> you start, that'll, that'll work yeah, work. Martin was nearly kicked from the meeting earlier on when Mark was just about to say something, and Martin was like, "No, no, no, do!" And I, I nearly, dead. you, you've got no authority, and I nearly binned him from, from the meeting. I said, like, "Go, on, Mark, just tell us. It's just us four. I can't remember what Mark was going to say. Oh, we were talking. Um, <laughs> someone had brought up, him to uh, yeah, yeah. Someone brought up the idea of Hayden being there. Oh yeah, 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 and then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah can't say. No, that's it. They can't say. <laughs> Done it again. <laughs> and loads of merch. Not and loads of merch. Loads you of can merch. mention merch. What what you what you've got planned? Because you've only got like seventy odd days, eighty odd days, maybe. I've no idea. The the, the most popular thing is t t shirts. Um, that that's the thing we're concentrating on. But just having var- variations. Um, but we were seeing we were seeing Cantina t-shirts pop up in. Well, Mark was always on television. He was on Soccer AM and stuff, wearing it and things like that. Um, but it's just good seeing it out in the wild as well. Just especially yeah. in non-Star Wars environments. Just like I, mm. I was at, an, I, I think it was like an, either an England match or it was some kind of football match. And someone was wearing a Cantina t-shirt. Who walked past me in the crowd? I was like, "What? This is this is amazing." Um, yeah, but yeah no, definitely was, be t-shirts. We are. We are working on some other things which have got locked down, but there will obviously be badges and lanyards for the VIPs. That's what we have advertised as being there, but yeah. that's not the end of it. Yeah. Uh, well, exciting times. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, it's just raised the uh, level of excitement, hasn't it? See, this, is, this, is, this is the joy of um, interviewing us quite a way out because we've still got a lot more to reveal. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of I'll tell you just yet. Well, we, 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 can come back, we can come back home when we yeah. can say stuff and we can, we can, we can go into more yeah. details. That'd there's also great, things yeah. that we there's also things which we might not actually be able to say until the well, no, un, yeah. until the day it might might or might not happen because of the nature of celebration. So yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of like last yeah. minute last minute in what's the word maneuvers. Yes, yeah, yeah. and invitations. We'll have to do some Facebook lives and stuff, Instagram lives. Get on this. Yep. Yeah, you want those moments. And there, there's, there's going to be a big, big panel at, at celebration revealing that I'm Zuvio. I've been, I've been Zuvio this whole time. <laughs> uh, stay, stay tuned for that. Stay... That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, how freaky would that be? One that, that, that would, yeah. He is uh, in Philip. I'm half Filipino, and he is in Philippines yeah. right now. So whoever he is, he's in. Um, got his name. I've got his name somewhere. <laughs> We're working on it. We'll get him. Yeah. Well, gents, thank you all so much. We really, really do appreciate it. It's been um, it's been great fun, especially when you just boys have just gone off on one, and you can sit back and just listen to you. That's, I mean, that's that's that makes the best uh, round tables as far yes. as we're concerned. But um, yeah, thank you all so much. It's uh, really appreciated. Thank you for having Pleasure. us. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Fun. Yeah. Thank you. It'd be great to do see it again you. sometime. See you at Cantina. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. That was our roundtable with Mark Hamilton, Jed Shepard and Martin Keeler. And it was a great evening recording that. 
And uh, since we recorded that, they have announced Mike Quinn, of course, Nine Numb, uh, who will also be at Cantina. Um, so make sure you go and get your tickets. I know that certain levels are selling out pretty quickly. I've got a, got a feeling one of them over the last weekend was down to like just a literally a handful of figures. But I think it's going to be a great night. I think you'll be mad if you miss this. So uh, head over and find those um, searches that Martin just said. Of course, we will post links on our We Are Generation Skywalker page. So you can just go there and follow the links if that is easier. Of course, this makes sense. We're going to play out this show with Ash's version of the cantina. Um, so for this show, We Are Generation Skywalker, all eras... All passions, all Star Wars. 